This is the final week to win the biggest competition of all time. There are three ways you can win this competition. Number one, you can leave a review on iTunes or any place you can leave a review of our podcast. Number two, you can buy a book. You can tweet to us, Instagram, or send us an email proving that you bought a book. It can change your life. And number three, you fill out the survey. The survey, we will learn a little bit more about you so we can make our podcast a little bit better. Please go out and win this competition. You guys are all legends. Welcome back to What You'll Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today we are reviewing The One Thing, The Surprising Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by the Big Papa Jay, Papazan, and Gary Keller. I like it. He is a big papa, that's for Absolute sure. Absolute papa, isn't he? We will be speaking to the big papa, papa, sound. He's a papa, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, so as far as uh, the book goes, the one thing, it's uh, you know extraordinary. It's about productivity, essentially. Doing the one thing every day to make everything else easier. Mm. So I'd say it's a bit of a productivity hack. I'd say it's similar to essentialism, similar to getting things done. I'm going to say it's the best of the three. Mm. I say it's the worst. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but it's good stuff in there and we'll get the cream out and then hopefully it's, uh, yeah, the listeners yeah. get some value. I think compared to uh, essentialism, it's more tactical, more practical. Con- compared to getting things done, it's less intense. Mm. So I think it's a good balance of the two. Whereas yeah. you think it's just the average. Do yeah. You? Anyway, we'll get, we'll get stuck in yeah. there. We'll, we'll <laughs> I'm going to start off with two quotes here. If you chase two rabbits... You will not catch either one. That's a Russian proverb. Mm. So the antidote to that is a quote by Josh Billings: "Be like a postage stamp. Stick to one thing until you get there." Mm. So that's that's how we want to do it. You stick to one thing, the one thing, until we get there. Mate, is that how you do it and we do it? That's how it's meant to be done. If you follow <laughs> the one thing, mate. One of the so throughout the book, it has this one awesome question, which you can start applying to things, and it does say it at the start: "It's what's the one thing you can do this week." such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. Yeah. So that's what the book's all about. It's, it's kind of breaking everything down into the, the minimal kind of actions you have in the week that is the most effective use of your time. That's it, man. So it starts off in the introduction talking about the domino effect. So he talks about tasks as a chain of dominoes. So obviously, I'm sure everyone's probably, if they haven't done it themselves, they've seen it done, line up dominoes, push one over and they knock each subsequent one over. Mm. So what he's saying is that the energy built up by the the chain of dominoes means that one domino can knock over a lot of dominoes and it also means that one domino can knock over subsequently larger and larger dominoes. Yeah. So by finding the lead domino, the first one that you push off, you're going to knock over not only a lot of things, you're also going to gradually get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger things. Yeah, that's it, man. So physics tells us that the falling domino can actually topple down something that's 50% larger. So in, in terms of like kind of this exponential growth that it can hit, the first domino might be two inch, the tenth will be human size, by the twenty third you're hitting the Eiffel Tower, and then by the fifty seventh, you're taking down the moon. So Mate, that's a big domino. So the analogy <laughs> you kinda of take it into your life. And you know, if you, you if you tackle one thing and you grow that little bit, you can tackle the next bigger thing. And if you yep. keep on this on this progress and keep this momentum, you can start smacking down some big goals. Exactly, man. If you just think the, a, a moon-sized domino, then you're thinking, I'm never going to be able to do it. So you probably never start. But if you have a two-inch domino at the very start and gradually build your way up, you're probably much more likely to get going. Yeah. So part one of the book, thing. man, it says the lies, they mislead and derail us. That's it, man. So there's a whole bunch of lies that we've 
told ourselves and other people have told us around productivity and stuff. So one of the lies is that everything matters equally. So now if you've got a to-do list, everything on that to-do list is of equal importance and that's a lie because it's not true, is it, man? Not everything is equal. That's right. So when you write down the to-do list, you feel like this kind of unconscious obligation that you need to get this shit done even though a lot of it's just probably just a crock and they're really not going to help you toward your, your big you know your, your big grand goals you got exactly man and what i do every single time you see you find the easiest thing and do it because uh, you feel like satisfaction of ticking something off the list yeah but really it's not your one thing so it sort of t- it ties into another book in like the eisenhower matrix which is in seven habits of highly effective people urgence and importance so if we've just got a to-do list we're probably going to be doing the stuff that's not that urgent not that important mm. unimportant stuff whereas we're never going to get to the really important stuff yeah unless we find our one thing because you feel like you're progressing even though you're really not because you'll probably find that the thing that's the hardest to do and the most uncomfortable uncomfortable to do you can kind of defer that oh yeah that's that's last whereas, on the list. <laughs> yeah. whereas if you're pro- approaching the one thing kind of attitude you, you got to realize what's the one big domino and most likely, it's going to be this really uncomfortable phone call or action or something like that to have a real you know, productive day toward your big goals. Exactly, man. The other thing that they tie in here is the 80-20 principle in that essentially that the minority of causes or inputs or effort usually leads to the majority of results, outputs, and rewards. Yeah. So essentially that you know, 80% of your results come from 20% of the things that you do. So obviously, if you've got that long to-do list, most of it's just bullshit. You need to cut that down to the really essential stuff, that essential 20%. Yeah, that's it. And the big Papa Joe, yeah. he goes extreme Jay. parade on us. We'll call him Papa Joe for this is, purpose. His name's Jay. Yeah, I know, but Papa Joe's got a better ring. Can we call him Papa Jay? Papa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Joe. <laughs> I feel like Jay Papazan, Papa Jay. No, we'll go him Papa Joe. <laughs> anyway, okay, Papa so. Joe, what he, <laughs> what he says is he goes extreme Pareto. So he goes Pareto on the Pareto. So mm. what's the 20% of, of the 20%? The 20% that is going to yield the greatest results. And you know what exactly, do you end up man. with? You end up with what, 4%? Yeah. But he says 1%, I yeah. think. So well, you got another 20% of that. And then it's... And it's point out, but one, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what he says is that like, if you just said, what's your one thing, you're probably not going to be able to get there. But if you make a to-do list of 100 things, your one thing is within that 100. So it's like, okay, within this 100, what's my top 20%? Cut it down to just those 20. From that 20, cut it down to the top four. From the top four, cut it down to one. So essentially, if you're thinking, what's my one thing, it's going to be hard to find. But if you start with 100 things, you'll find your one if you keep cutting down. Yeah, and every day you're just doing that one bloody thing. Exactly, the next thing man. that's a big lie is multitasking. Mate, that's a lie. If most people <laughs> think, you know, if you do a lot of stuff all at once, you're saving time, but that's just bullshit because you're not doing anything properly and there's a big cost of task switching. So if you do one thing, switch to the other, switch back, it takes you a long time to get your focus back on one task. Yeah, so he says that workers who use their work emails during the day change windows or check their emails 37 times an hour. That's a lot. That's, mate, that's, fucking, <laughs> that's a lot. That's absolutely wild. So when you do that, every time you, you change, you have to switch, but then you have to reorient back on mm. the task. And you take, you know, t- I think there's research in another book somewhere that it takes 10 to 15 minutes to get back yeah. in the swing of things before you start getting productive again. Exactly, man. And, and, and he talks about that if we're multitasking and trying to do a whole bunch of things at once, essentially our productive time is spread very thinly. Whereas if we just focused in on one thing, it would take a lot less time to actually do it. Yeah. The next one is a dis- disciplined life. Yeah, a lie. that's it, man. It's a bloody lie, isn't it? That's it. It's a lie. It's saying that we, 
when we can't always be disciplined all the time. So their solution to this lie is we have our one thing. All you need to be disciplined through the day is discipline in doing your one thing every single day. You don't need discipline 24-7, just discipline for the one thing. Yeah, and you can just bring in the, the right habits. So it, over time, if you just bring in one habit and you're patient with it, then you can uh, yeah, get a, a sick day routine together. Exactly, man. Mate, I've whipped, uh, I've whipped together a pretty good habit lately, actually. Have you? Probably worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, I, I <laughs> no, heard someone... Script, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're just picking up your drink now just, like, just, just, just to listen. But yeah, I heard somewhere it's like, you know, win the first hour of the day, you win the day. I don't know where that came up in my head. Yeah, nice. But since then, every for the first hour, there's no Facebook, no emails, no nothing. It's just like get up straight into it, meditate, and make sure every single day that the first hour is like completely productive. And yeah, it's nice. been had a huge impact anyway. Mate, that's a good um, – I like it. It's I wasn't sure it. where you were going with that, but it was a good one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, good discipline, mate, just for that one hour. Thanks, mate. I like it. <laughs> Chapter seven was willpower is always on will call. Also a lie. It's a crock. So it's saying that you know whenever we want, we can switch on this willpower and we can choose to do something over another thing. Uh, and we spoke about a lot of books. We keep mentioning Paradox of Choice, which we promise we'll do at some point. This decision fatigue, this willpower exhaustion, saying that you've only got a certain amount of willpower and decisions that you can make throughout the day. And it's like a... Uh, Papa Jay calls it like a fuel Joe. tank. <laughs> he calls it like a fuel tank. You start the day full, every decision you make uses fuel, yeah. and the only way you can fill it back up is rest, sleep. That's it. It's like the iPhone 6, I think it was, with a really shit battery life. Yeah. At the start of the day, it's got a, a fixed amount, and then it starts to run out. Yes. So, you know, you got to do your, your, your one thing before your willpower starts yes. draining, and it goes low battery, and you got to go into flight mode. <laughs> exactly, man. I like that analogy, and that's the thing. If you um, if you keep using it, mate, she she runs out, then you got no no willpower left. You got no hope, mate. The other lie: a balanced life, work life balance. That's a lie. Yeah, it's a misleading concept. Most accept as a worthy and attainable goal without ever stopping to really truly consider what it actually means. Exactly, man. He says that you shouldn't be aiming for work life balance. You should be aiming for having your work and having your life separate, so that work stays work, life stays life. They don't cross over into the other buckets and you, you balance that way because you're not bringing work into life. You're not bringing life into work. Yeah, but you go hard. Yep. When, when you go on at work, you go fucking hard at work. Exactly. And when you go hard at life, when you go life, you just go hard and you live in that moment exactly. as much as you can. Mate, so that's a whole bunch of lies that we've been told. Mm. So part two is the truth. We've yes. told the lies, now let's tell the truth, mate. So it all comes down to this big, hardcore focusing question, which yep. we, we said at the start, and we'll say it again soon. But he's got a few cool quotes by, first of all, Andrew Carnegie here. He says, here is the primary condition of success, the great secret. Concentrate your energy, thought, and capital exclusively upon the business in which you are engaged. Yeah. He says that, he goes on to say, you know, people say don't put all your eggs in one basket, but that's wrong. Andrew Carnegie, this is, says, put all your eggs in one basket and then do everything you can to look after that basket. Mm. And so that's what he's saying is that that's that focus, isn't it? Yeah. And the question is, what is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Exactly. And that's, that's our focusing question. Whenever we're lost, we come back to this focusing question to find our one thing. Yes. So what he says is we're going to have a big picture one thing and a small focus one thing right now. So our big picture one thing, that's our grand vision, our long-term goal. That's where we're going. That's our one thing for the future. 
And then a small focus, one thing right now, that's the very next action we've got to take. That's like the next day's one thing we're going to focus on, on the path to the big picture one thing. It's that, it's, that's it, man. It's like the map. So say if the, the last domino is going to take down the moon, yeah. it's got that long-term vision, but then it's also got the, the, the smallest next moon. So it's the two-inch domino on the way to the, the big pup. Exactly, man. If we're talking about our big picture is a full basket of eggs, then a small focus is the first egg that you put in there. Mate, this has been a episode <laughs> of analogies, hasn't it? Mate, the book is full of analogies, plus we're adding a bit of salt and pepper of our own. Yeah, that's it. Chapter 11 was <laughs> the sex <laughs> the sex, the sex habit. We'll just go with sex habit. The success habit. Success same, habit. same sort of thing, I guess. So asking the focusing question on all the areas of your life. So, you know, what's the one, uh, the one thing that I can do such that my spiritual life will be better. Uh, also, physical health, key relationships, job, business, and finances. Mate, there's a lot of one things there. I don't know how that's one thing. We'll have to ask Papa Joe. Papa Jay. What's his Joe. Name? Papa Jay. Joe. About it because uh, there's a lot of one things there. Yeah. There's more than one. It sounds one like thing. six things there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Mate, one, one important thing though is that action that you can do beats intention every time. So, you know, obviously a, a bias... A bias towards action here. Yeah. Um, and that, mate, I've got another analogy for you. So the big picture one thing is like the map and then the small one thing right now is the compass to guide you on your way. Yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's another one we're going to add to the list. Mate, the next chapter, chapter 12, uh, the path to great answers. Yep. So we've hit out some some big questions to the universe and now we're just like waiting for the big answers to come. That's it, man. And there's two axes. You've got small, big. And broad specific. Yeah, nice. That's it. So the first on the path to great answers, obviously first is asking great questions. And we did the book, uh, A More Beautiful Question, which obviously uh, this is all about asking a good question first and then you get a good answer. So as you say, um, a small specific question, it gets you on the right direction, but it's not truly challenging. That might be increased sales by 5% in the next year. So it's small, 5% increase in a year. It's pretty small, but it's specific, you know, 5% next year. Uh, the next level would be small and broad, and that might be like, how can I improve sales? That's mm. a piece of piss, small, and it's broad. Yeah. Okay, the next level is big and broad. So you might think, what can I do to double my sales? Still broad, the big papa, what we want, is big and specific. What can I do to double my sales in the next six months? Yeah. That's a big question. It's a specific question. That's what we want, big yeah. and specific. It's a big, audacious goal requiring big action, and it has a specific time frame of when you're going to do it, and it looks beyond your normal thinking and a little bit out of your comfort zone. Oh, as well. I love it, mate. And so now that we've asked that big specific question, we're going to find a great answer. Yep. And he says that answers come in three different levels. We've got doable, stretch, and possibility. So doable is just within our current knowledge, skills, experience. It doesn't require much. Yeah, stretch, it's still within your current reach, but at the farthest end of your range, as we were just saying. So it takes effort to get there. Yeah. And then the possibility, you know, this is what the high achievers go for. The first two routes, they're okay, but we're going to reject that. We're going to go for the, the big possibility. It's beyond our reach. We need to go way out there to, to get there. That's our, our big, great, big papa, yep. Jay. And Joe. When you, yeah, when you're going for the Joe, a new answer usually requires a new behavior. Yeah. So don't be surprised along the way you're going to have to change as you go through this whole big process when you're taking down the big moon kind of dominoes. That's it, man. So part one was the lies, part two is the truth, and now part three is like our actionable our way to get to extraordinary results. Yep. Analogy number nine, <laughs> we've got an iceberg here. So the, t- <laughs> so the tip of the iceberg is productivity. Mm-hmm. 
the middle is your priorities. Yeah. And then the base where all the, the, the big ice is, it's purpose. That's it, man. So everyone just sees a tip. Everyone just sees you being productive. What they don't see is below the water, you got this purpose and you got this priority that's driving the productivity. Yeah. So the most productive people start with their purpose and then they use that like their compass and then like the byproduct of all this is the... Mate, is this the same compass saying? that we'll use it for the map or is this a different compass? Mate, it's the compass on the iceberg on the way to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> With a, the compass... Yeah, there's a lot of analogies. <laughs> I like that. That was a fucking great response. Mate. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. Um, <laughs> mate, so number 13... So... Uh, chapter 13 was live with purpose. So obviously, we're starting with purpose. Yep. And he says, you know, what do we want in life? We want to be happy. We want a life of no regrets. And the way to do that, to achieve happiness, is on the way to fulfillment. And on the way to fulfillment, that's finding our purpose, essentially. He, he talks about Martin Salgman here. Mate, you went and seen him recently. I went and saw him a, a month ago. <laughs> we're going to get him on. We're going to get him on. But, you know, oh, he looked great. The whole description of the night looks awesome. Unreal. Mate, the founder of what positive psychology? Yeah, or something. his first his first three sentences. He sounded like Bane, you know, off off Batman. <laughs> and I was like grabbing the guy next to me, like this guy's gonna be fucking sick. <laughs> Mate, he sucked balls. Oh, no. He was so shit. <laughs> he was just full of shit, man. He was kind of like law of attraction y kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, but I'm sure That's he's he's written some good stuff. He's in the seven habits <laughs> and so forth. But yeah, nice. Bit of a crock, Mate, So is uh, this. This guy, now that we've really built him up to give us some knowledge, yeah. uh, he's got five factors that contribute to happiness. So it's positive emotion and pleasure, achievement, relationships, engagement, and meaning. And he mm. says that engagement and meaning are the most important too. So that's where our purpose is coming from essentially. Which I say is definitely true. So when you've got this definite purpose in life, clarity... Even a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Clarity usually comes faster, which leads to more conviction in your direction which usually leads to faster decisions. That's it, man. He says can't, that... Can't argue with that. <laughs> that's it, man. Faster decisions is always good. He says that our purpose is the ultimate glue to stick you to the path that you've set towards success. Yeah. That's it, man. That's it. And if you don't know what <laughs> your direction is... And that's glue sticking to the iceberg as well. Yeah. So you've got <laughs> glue on the, on the iceberg on the map to the moon. <laughs> so he says if you don't know what your direction is, just pick a bloody direction, yep. start marching down that path, see how you like it, and then over time, this will bring clarity. And if you don't like it, you can always change your mind. It's your mate, life. That's, that's actually great, man. Uh, and then, you know, you're marching somewhere, man. Just, yeah, just do that's it. it. You've got all these options, and you might be overwhelmed that you've got 50 different directions you can possibly go in. The only way to find out which one's going to work is to start marching down one way, and you'll soon find out if you should keep going or if you turn around and try another one. I like that a lot. The next principle is living by priority. So that's our middle of the iceberg here. That's the next layer up. And we've got another analogy. <laughs> so Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> so Alice says to, to I forget the dude. The Cheshire cat. The cat. Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? Asked Alice. Well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to. Said the cat. I don't care. I don't much care where I get to. And it doesn't matter which way you go. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. If you don't that's know it, where you're you going, know where you know you go, it doesn't. That's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, not so much an analogy, but, um, but it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, live for productivity, chapter 15. Hang on, mate. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'll, I'll put you back. So, priority. So, the, obviously, the, <laughs> the, the purpose uh, was the base. This is the middle of the iceberg. So, this is setting our goal for the now. So, what he says is, um, and we talked about it a lot in thinking and bets, this hyperbolic discounting. We want our rewards now. So, if we had the choice of a massive reward later or a small reward now, 
our hyperbolic discounting means we're probably going to take a small one as long as we get it now. So what he's saying is we need to tie our actions now to our long term. So what he says is start with your someday goal. So that's our purpose. That's our big one thing. And he says you break that someday goal down to a five-year goal, down to a one-year goal, down to a monthly goal, down to a weekly goal, down to a daily goal, and down to a right now. So that's our priority is our right now, what we're doing. So rather than just, you know, as we said before, we've got our small one thing and our big one thing. Now we've got this whole chain of dominoes in between, five-year, one-year, monthly, weekly, daily, right now. Yeah, and it's bloody rewarding if you know your daily actions are actually on the way to this big, big moonshot. Yeah, that's it, man. Love it. So, yeah, the next one was live for productivity. Mate, so this is the tip of the iceberg. This is what everyone sees and this is very much sort of, you know, you're getting things done style organization stuff. Yeah, so the first thing you get to do is is block out your time. Yeah. So, what he says is block out your time and there's three things that you got to that you got to block with your time, yeah? Yeah, is there? So, <laughs> mate, the first thing you block is your time off. Yes. So, for sorry. the start of the year, you block... You know, I've got a mate's wedding on this weekend. I'm going to be away from Friday and Monday and I'm going on a trip for two weeks. So, block your time off first because you need that rest. Yeah. So, by planning your time off in advance, you are in effect managing your work time around your downtime instead of the other way around. You you know, you've got to keep this control over your bloody life. Exactly, man. And if, yeah, you want to have that rest and downtime scheduled in. Otherwise, as you say, goes. uh, it's at the mercy of your work. So, number two, we block off. Block off our one thing. Yeah, so give yourself 30 to 60 minutes to sort out any morning ad hoc issues or whatever and then focus achieving your one thing for that day first. Exactly. So his recommendation here is set a four-hour block every day and his recommendation might be you know from 8 till 12. So you get up at 7, do whatever shit you got to do in the morning and then from 8 to 12 is full-time one thing. Yeah. It's probably, it is a big ask and I'd say borderline impossible for employees at the very bottom of the chain. If you're self-employed, this is the way to go. If you're an employee, it might not be a four-hour block. It might be a 20-minute block or it might be a half-hour block to do the one most important thing. Yeah, as much as you can. Exactly. Number three was time block your planning time. Yeah, so he says that once a week, have a one-hour planning sesh. So, you know, it could be a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock getting ready for the week or, you know, Monday morning first thing. But what he's saying is, you want to plan your week of one things essentially. So you're reviewing your annual and your monthly goals and then you're using that review of your annual and monthly goals to form your next you know, week's worth of daily one things. Yeah. And then he's got, he turns it into a bit of a war analogy toward the end. Mm. So he says, protect your block. So build a bunker, store provisions, sweep for mind, meaning turning off your phone, your email and internet and kind of setting yourself up for success there. Yeah. And enlist support. So tell people that when you're going out to do your one thing in this little bunker you've got going on, yeah. you know, don't, don't disturb you. Let, let them help you work on whatever you want to work on. Exactly, man. I love it. Um, so that's, sort of, that's it, man. So with our productivity... We're blocking our time and then we're protecting our time, not letting any of these distractions creep in. Yep. So we've built our iceberg up from our purpose to our priority and on the tip is just our, our productivity. Yep. So the, the next chapter is the three commitments. Yeah. So he's, he, as we, yeah, we sort of, so we sort of finished the, the one thing aspect of it. Now he's got, you know, I don't even know how this ties in, man. But yeah, I was, the, I was hoping you'd The three commitments. But anyway, the three commitments. One is the path to mastery. Yes. So yeah, mastery seems intimidating at first, but if you go down that path, it starts to look a little bit more attainable. Exactly, man. And you know, he ties in deliberate practice, 10,000 hour rule, saying that knowledge begets knowledge and skills build on skills. So on this 
path to mastery, it becomes easier and easier as you build up more and more and more and just keep trudging down this path. I don't think that's a word. Yeah, no, yeah. we'll go with it. <laughs> Much. The, <laughs> the second one's moving from E to P. Yeah, so he says E is entrepreneurial and P is, is purposeful. So the entrepreneurial way to attack productivity, entrepreneur is like, okay, here's a problem. I'm going to go chase it and, and fix a problem or here's an opportunity. I'm going to run out there and fix this opportunity as quickly as possible using all my energy. But he's saying move away from that and move towards P, which is purposeful, which is obviously living from our purpose uh, of the iceberg and you know, using that purpose to fuel us on this path to mastery. Yep. And the next one I really like, he, he said, it talks about Josh Foer's OK Plateau. Yeah. So we reach this level of skill where we deem to be acceptable and then yeah. we just switch off learning. And if you look around, man, there's so many people who do that, especially like oh, definitely. That, you know, middle management levels are just like walking around like sardines on the way to work on a Monday morning. <laughs> Mate, that's the thing. Once you get to that point where it's okay, then you stop. If it's bad, you're going to get to okay. And once you're at okay, it's a real... You, there's yeah, and it takes a lot of motivation to push beyond that plateau. Yeah, you got to get out of that autopilot mode, don't you? Exactly, man. And the third commitment is live the accountability cycle. So essentially, you know, when when life happens, when shit gets in your way, you're the you either choose to be the author of your life or the victim of it. So you got to you choose accountability or you choose the victim. Yeah. So the accountability, which is good, it seeks re- you seek reality, you acknowledge reality, you own it, you find a solution. And then you get on with it. That's it, man. The opposite is the victim, is you avoid reality, you fight reality, you blame other people, you put up excuses, and then you just wait and hope for a cure. Just a fuck we don't want that, mate. Live accountability. Yeah, that's it. And then the four thieves. Uh, again, mate, not sure. How, to- uh, how are you going to tie that? Yeah. Well, the four thieves is just, you know, a big thief is the inability to say no. So he says that saying one yes means you have to defend that yes with a thousand no's mm. just by saying yes I'm going to do this there's going to be so many opportunities that pop up that you've got to say no to because you've got to commit to this one big purpose the second thief is the fear of chaos so when you block out your time and you're doing one thing and you're letting your, your priority two, three, four and five just fall by the wayside yeah. there's going to be a bit of chaos coming oh, in yeah. your life you know? <laughs> so you're going to be comfortable with I don't know your girlfriend oh. <laughs> Sleeping with another dude. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess number. Uh... Well, that, that's not your priority. Then that might happen. I don't know. I suppose. Yeah. Well, lucky we just that's did extreme, last I think. last week. Maybe we did twelve rules for life. The antidote to chaos. So luckily, we don't need to worry about that fear. Yes. Um, <laughs> mate. Number three is poor health habits. Obviously, to commit to this one thing, doing this uh, full energy at one thing every day, is you need to be healthy. Yes. And number four is the environment that doesn't support your goals. So if you're hanging around dickheads, yep. then it's not going to be good for you, one thing. Exactly, man. You, you know, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So have a good environment in terms of place and a good environment in terms of people. Yep, mate. That's the one thing, mate. The big the big Papa Joe. That's uh, not his name, but... It's Papa Joe. <laughs> that's his nickname, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mate, so that's the one thing. As I said, I, I, I enjoyed reading it better than uh, getting things done in essentialism because it's smaller and more actionable, more specific, whereas yeah. you... Yeah, I, I liked it. It's just like one of those things, I think after you've read a yeah. few of the books, some there's not as much new things sometimes. So if you're in it for the first time, it's fantastic. Yeah. Right? If it's a third one of the... They're all pretty similar sort of stuff, I guess. There's some new shit in there. I really like the analogy of the dominoes. Yeah. It is true. Like if, as long as you, you focus on growing in, in whatever way, so... 
making sure that your next domino is 50% bigger than your previous domino. Yeah. And the opposite of that, I guess, is hitting the okay plateau where you're just going for the same size domino. Yes. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Oh, yeah. That's and as long big. as you commit to bigger and bigger dominoes over time, you know, as long as you're doing that, sooner or later, you're going to be starting hitting some fucking big dominoes down. I love it, mate. Well, we'll speak to Jay Papazan uh, during the week and find, ask a few of these uh, questions about the one thing. If you're listening to this as it goes up, you got just over a week to go to enter to win 50 fucking awesome books. Yep. You will get punched in the face many times 50 reading times, these 50 at least. 50 punches for 50 books. A minimum. Anyway, that's not the prize. The prize is the 50 books. <laughs> <laughs> so, the way that you can win all 50 books, you got three ways to enter. Surprisingly, only two people have entered all three times. Most are just single entries, but you can uh, fill out a survey, whatyouwillearn.com slash survey. Six, seven questions, pretty simple. Yeah. The other way is leave a review. So we recently had a review on... <laughs> Pause for a sec, we'll get this up. So yeah, the dude, so he's obviously not the most articulate man in the world, but he says, by C-H-R-D-H-S-N-S from United States of America, it says, can't listen to it yet. And then it says, I want to. I love the idea, but the first thing I see in the show description is a typo. Books should be books. This is a could be a great part, podcast, but that one little thing cast me down. Because we didn't spell it right. He hasn't listened to it, but he's given us a really shit review. Uh, the good thing is we can hang shit on him because he's not listening. He's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck him. Yeah, we, need to, we need to bounce him off the, off the last three. <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. That's it. So we want you to give Mate, us we a fixed review. the typo though, so that was actually probably good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Um, cheers, Chundra. Fuck with <laughs> And mate, the third way is to buy a book. Obviously, we want people to write, uh, buy books and read books and we love books. Hope you do too. So buy a book and uh, take a pic or whatever, send it to us. Just Peaks, say, tweet to us even, tag us on Instagram with the yep. photo, anything like that. And then, yeah, that's that's You're the in. way you'll be in. So as we said, only three, only two people have entered all three ways. There's been a lot of entries as single, but, you know, get those numbers up. Yep. You can win 50 books. Yep. Big time. <laughs>